Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 168. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, diceystories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. Some time passes, and a much older fellow enters the bar. Uh, so he comes up to your table. He places a, a hand on the, on the middle of his chest and makes a, a slight head bow to you and says, I am Damal. You are needing to use the birds? Yes. We wanted to send a message to our, our friend Ketchin. He's known to... Oh, I don't need names, but... Okay. But you can write the message. Yes, yes. We can uh, go to one of these offices. Yes, I think that'd be perfect. You have to remember what I wanted to tell him. I know you've had... Had two weeks now. I know, and I thought about it, and then I forgot what I wanted to say to him. Well, should we just send his letter back to him? Received. <laughs> no, no, no. That was much more wasteful than that. You don't need to necessarily compose the message verbatim, but Damal heads to one of the unoccupied booths, and you guys join them there. And the changes the slash to occupied, lights the candles inside the booth. And then he proceeds to like take a number of the things that were attached to him, like little vials and such, set them on the table. He's got a set of quill-type things and like needle-type things that are like insanely fine and pointy. And then he takes a tube of some sort and brings it up to his eye and like kind of uh, crunches his like cheek muscles in a certain way to like hold it in place so he's got this tube that's like pointing down at this very long skinny piece of paper and he's got like all these really fine pointy implements and like some ink pots opened (laughs) (laughs) and hepa can't even think of where to start hepa goes nuts what is the device on your eye is that part of this i'm sorry is it medical she realizes that she may have asked something. He takes it down and he hands it to you. Okay. I look through it. I guess <laughs> I put it up to my eye like... You put it up did. to your eye. Uh, you have never seen anything like this yourself. It must be a magical device of some kind. As something that is in front of you now looks enormous. Oh! I... So you like maybe examine one of the candle flames or whatever. And it's like oh, right there in your face. Okay. I don't know. I would have to think about like what somebody who has never, never really encountered that concept before is magnification. If you look through water, that distorts things. That is true. Water, ah, not to the okay. same extent that yeah. this does. But... Oh, fascinating. Peppa Smart. She could probably figure out this is how he's able to write real small. Fascinating. Does it if, run with magic? Could you actually make a knowledge lore check? Okay. What's the difficulty on that? I'll say it's two. Two advantages. You cannot fathom the science of this at ah. this moment, nor have you heard of anything applicable to 
what's going on here. But you asked if it was magic. Yeah. So what Hippo probably would say is, I've never heard of such a thing. Is this a magical artifact? And he says, most certainly not. Oh, so what is the mechanism? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> you and your questions. <laughs> Jen's like, this will be easy. I'll, I look get... like a lens grinder. <laughs> I can get a couple hours out of you two. So he says, no, this is not magic. It works through the glass. But I am no luminary. So the details of it are, are beyond one such as me. And he, like, kind of is, like, now sort of grumpy. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me try it. And he, like, kind of snatches it back. <laughs> and he, like, tries to sell it in his eye, but he's now a little more... You'll have to forgive my, my cousin and me. We're, ju- we're just from the forest. We don't have... All we have is magic. We don't have <laughs> luminaries. We so. don't have tools quite like these. You want to make a charm check? Yeah. Can I pass my advantages over? Yes, you can pass your advantages over to give them an extra blue die. Mm. You will be taking a black die, though, as yeah, well. That's right. The difficulty was two? Yeah, it's two purples. I'm going to upgrade one of those to a red, though. Okay. My story point power. And I believe you're... I'm a half-elf, though. Half-elf, so you have a knack for charm. You mean you're half-human. Yes. Yes. In this case. I'm half-manu. <laughs> <laughs> one success, one advantage, one triumph. One despair. You have smoothed things over a little bit by indicating that you're just from the forest, so you you don't know about these sort of... We don't know about these advanced technologies. Like glass. <laughs> you have a triumph and you have a despair. You, Trick, know that you are speaking to one of the Manu. Yes. Do you want to use your triumph to gain any information or insight into the culture that the man who came from? I think that's a reasonable thing. Maybe not magic-based. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I think the, the triumph is, uh, like, Chick lets out is like, look, we're just in the forest. Like, I grew up in the forest. Like, but clearly, like, he pulls up his, like, not quite all elf. You show off your slightly less than pointy ears. Yes, yeah, so Trick would say, like, I didn't get a chance to grow up in his and him. So it's more like, can you explain to me, like, what am I missing? I only know the, like, the elvish part of my heritage. Ah. He's like, I don't understand this distinction. Like, Trick really doesn't understand, like, the distinction between, like, magic and mechanics. Okay. So, you are letting him know that you are... Yes. ...descended from inhabitants of his and him. Yes. And are also an elf. Yes. And grew up with the elves. Yes. This might account for both the triumph and the despair. I think this will cover both the triumph and the despair, because he is going to fulfill his obligation to scribe your message. But he is now associating you guys with the elves of the forest that was outside his and him. Yeah, that's fair. And he does not have positive opinions of those people. So he'll do it once. (laughs) He's a professional, though. He is a professional. And Alric had assured you that any message that he scribed would be in confidence. And he will, again, respect that because he is a professional. But his answers to Trick's questions will indicate the difference. What is the difference between magic and mechanics? This is the difference between night and day. Mechanics are, are real and natural and can be constructed with the the hand and the eye. Magics are 
dark and nefarious and destroy the world. Oh, oh, oh. I think I understand the problem. Human magics tend to destroy the world. There is... Like Mal Ravenal. This doesn't happen with elvish magic. Trust me, with... my <laughs> Uncle Thran has assured There's... me it <laughs> cannot happen. And elvish magic, also very natural. Pepper's like, yeah, you can do it with your hands. Yeah, so you do it with your hands. Anything. Sometimes you can make things grow, like you can... You are vines. making up distinctions. All magic is foul and unnatural. No, I, I don't. Is uh... Uh, he's like, well, what about the the House of Light? They use magic to heal people, don't they? Is that he, wrong? He scoffs at he that. Scoffs. And he says that they use their unnatural powers. They corrupt the natural way of things to do things that you don't even need that for. And he, he kind of makes this, like, gesture, sort of like a sweeping down gesture. Like, he's got all these little pockets and all these little bottles and stuff like that on him. So he he makes this kind of, like, sweeping gesture with his arm and says, like, Anyone who has bothered to spend time to to study the right plants and potions is, is capable of, of treating injuries and, and illnesses that, that they encounter. And those that cannot be healed through the natural means, those are people who are ready to pass on from this world. And keeping them in it is no different from raising corpses. But what if you're not dying, you're just losing a hand, say? What is wrong with losing a hand? I think many people, given the choice, would choose to have that hand restored. If you have suffered the loss of a hand, then you do not have it anymore, and there is no choice. You're saying there's not a choice, or you're, you're saying it's a, it's a false choice. To reattach a hand that you have lost is to raise a body from the dead. It but is unnatural. Lizards regrow limbs. Are we lizards? Saurians are. Is there healing magic that I know of that would reattach... A limb? Maybe I don't it, know that it, or I've heard of it at all or no? It would be like a great healing work by like it would have to be like a super high level, very okay. powerful. So it's something that like somebody super high powerful could do. Although on the other hand, the easy version does sound a little bit like necromancy. <laughs> yeah. Are you just listening quietly to this diatribe? Yeah, I think Kepa is. So that's an interesting... This is our weekly magical debate, but this time Trick is... Uh, feel free to, even if you don't want Hepa to speak, feel free to contribute more thoughts along those lines. So what makes magic different from other tools? That it goes contrary to all of nature. What if the magic comes from nature? There is no such thing. I'm pretty sure I've experienced natural magic. No. What did you think it was? You have experienced magic. Yes. Which by definition is not natural. Now, I know you personally yeah, 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 yeah. do not like arguments that devolve into definitions of things. No, but I understand like that's this character's viewpoint. I think you should also know, because of how we you have brought this up and you're citing that you yourself are a his and ham descendant, that this is not just this curmudgeonly guy. Right. This is a cultural aberration of magic. This is his culture's view of magic, yes. is that magic is an aberration. So then you specialize in potions as well? I am, Like healing potions? Is that what you were saying? You I am skilled in ointments and potions to naturally heal injuries and illnesses. I also brew my own inks. It uh, requires a very particular style of ink to withstand the weathering that some of these messages get subjected to. You don't have a bank of squid fizzling around? Harvest the ink? I do purchase squid from oh. the 
the fishmongers at the riverside. Hmm. It is one of the sources of ink that I use. Interesting. Huh. Okay. So while this conversation is going, he is prepping like all of his pieces and like he, he takes out like a foldable collapsible frame in which he like stretches out like think of like old timey ticker tape from like the stock market or or like telegraphs. Right. So he, like has this like coil of really skinny paper that he lays out and he like fastens it in this frame so that it will be stretched out and stationary. Uh. Okay. So um, while he's doing that, Hepa will be curious about, would like to ask questions about like different inks. Now that I've learned that different knots can be used for different applications, different inks, and what makes them, you know, what is makes a better ink, and like if it's a different ingredient or if it's just the quality, you know, Hepa's gonna go. Okay. He's obviously doesn't want to talk about magic, but he yeah. knows alchemy. I would like you to make a charm check. Okay. And it is gonna have a black dye because he is. I mean, we did smooth things over professionally. Yes, but he is unsettled towards elves. Because I brought up magic pretty quickly. What is the difficulty of it? It's two purples. You do have two story points, though. I don't know if it's... How much do you want him to be cooperative? I mean, the inks are interesting, but she does want to know more about other potions. So yeah, I'm going to use a story point. So if I can butter him up enough to get some other alchemical information... Well, inks are interesting. I'll take that back. She wants to know about the inks. Oh my gosh. One failure. He's probably ready to get down to business then. You can make an alchemy check. Okay. Um, He's not going to be friendly, though. He is going to provide some answers to your questions, but he's not going to like respond to follow-up Inquisition-type right. stuff. He's going to give you like short, concise answers, and that if you don't understand them, you're not going to get... Okay. So, yeah, so I'm not going to get super far and get him to be really chatty. He's probably going to get straight to business because he probably wants to get away from these magic-using elves. What would be the difficulty of the alchemy? Three purples because he is intentionally not being, like, not watering it down to be useful, helpful teacher guy. All right. So I got a triumph. That's it. <laughs> I got a triumph. <laughs> when you succeed. Oh, triumph is a success. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's that's all I got. All right. Excellent. So... The, this issue of what different inks could be used for, one is he needs inks that are insoluble in case the birds run into water. Okay. He also needs inks and paper that will not spread. So, like, he's got, like, super fine quills and needles to write with, but he also needs the ink and the paper to... Not absorb and... To have the, the property that he can write as, like, narrow as possible. Right. And, and like in, in contrast, he says like for you know business ledgers and things like that, the inks are chosen to like stand out better and just be like legible, but you don't need them to have the same degree of refinery that these require for the purposes of the Falcon letters. And so you can use cheaper materials and more common materials for those inks. And then other needs for inks are inks that are not visible unless they are viewed under a certain light or hit, <laughs> I want to know so much. <laughs> hit with another liquid, you know, your kind of lemon juice type sort of thing. So essentially he is provided, like, there are a number of types of messages. Maybe you want something that will fade over time. Maybe you want something that is soluble so you can wash out your paper and use the paper again for things that you don't need to last. So that's what you're going to get. Okay. And you have a triumph. So maybe I notice, I from what he's saying, some ingredients that 
affect solubility or insolubility or something like that? Yeah, I think some specific ingredients get mentioned. Okay. That will help you in the future if you want to brew things accordingly. But you are correct. He is not super excited with these magic using elves. And he actually, he gets out a pair of metal circles with sticks with hinges on it. That he opens up the hinges and he takes his microscope type device and he like screws it into one of those and he sets them over his ears. So essentially now he's got glasses that his... Monocle? Is that what it is? Or just a... I'm not sure. Magnifying jeweler's glasses? Yeah. So that he doesn't have to keep his like cheeks squinted up. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when you go to the dentist and they put on their super crazy glasses so you can see your mouth. And this is what he uses to be able to write super tiny and see what he's doing. So you can tell him what to write in the message to Kachin. Yeah, I guess we need to figure out what we want to tell him. It's like, they don't even know what they want right <laughs> <laughs> So the way I picture is that probably she's going to say too much, and at some point he's going to have to cut her off, so it's just going to be like randomly stopped. He's a professional, he's good at his work, and he writes super tiny, but it's going to be like Hepa's rambling message. Yeah, Poor yeah. Bird. Unless Trick Menu is contributing in ways that Kerbit, you, just like you would think a conversation with Hepa would be. So the pieces that I think she would want to touch on is hoping his health is good and that he's taking care of himself and that, how would she say it? Phrasing that Hepa would use to be careful with the mushrooms. Do you name it? You know what? She's very, she's more abstract. She would just say that with the mushrooms that you're, you know... What is it you think he's doing with them? She doesn't really know. Okay, so. so this message will say, like, be careful with those mushrooms you're using. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that she's specifically trying to be obtuse about it. I think she's just not using very concrete language about it. So she's just being very general. Yes, and be careful with the mushrooms. I don't think they're good for your health. Do you mention that our benefactor would still like to meet with him? Oh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> thank you, Trickman. And Daddy would still like to meet you, and he's very curious about the staff. And um, what else should we add? Things are big. Don't eat too many donuts. <laughs> no, I want him to eat as many as he will eat. <laughs> Guy writes, like, trick a new one. <laughs> or doesn't want you to eat donuts. Eat as many as you like, and I hope we shall see each other again soon. I, I think that's Anything good. Anything else we need to tell him? Oh, no, no. We're in... She's going to add extra stuff. We're in um, South Tower during the Full, Full Bloom, Bloom Festival. Festival. I'm um, looking forward to my duel tomorrow. <laughs> Trick just met this delightful young bird. Yes, you can add those things on there. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say, Trick Meta? I think those are all the things got to cover. Dwarves don't necessarily want to kill you, or maybe they do. Oh, yeah. We That'd were... be good news from the have that they... I'm just reminding you of things pertaining yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. this. Like, yeah. there was a ghost in the keep when you got there. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. worried that, like, dwarves would turn you against him. Yeah, I might have mentioned the ghost. Oh, yeah, so we met a ghost in the keep. Maybe we want to say that, like, oh, it is a good thing he left, because it turns out the keep was haunted. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and Trick had to dispatch the ghost twice. Yes. I mean, I uh, guess With a single arrow. We didn't completely meet the ghost, fortunately. And uh, we still consider him friend. Yeah. There, that's short and sweet. <laughs> so it's Four scrolls later. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else we should add? I think that's good. How much ribbon did he go through? <laughs> well, we don't know if that's a big message or not. I mean, he writes really tiny. 
while you're winding down this message, there is a, a wrap outside your curtained area. There's like a tap and you hear Alric's voice, the bartender. Apologize for interrupting you, but he has a question. He's not going to open the curtains himself. You're, oh, you're in a private okay. meeting. Oh, come in. So Alric apologizes for disturbing you. I think we're finishing up. That he didn't have a chance to ask you this earlier, but do you mind if anybody knows that there's a bird being sent to catch him? Because there might be other people who are interested in sending messages by that same bird. But we wish to respect your privacy if you don't want I think anybody. if other people want to send him a message, that's probably fine. I think that's fine. Yeah, that's I don't fine. know how that would compromise our privacy. No, we'll bird share. How's he going to read this? That's not our problem. But it could be if we got a bird. Well, I presume then we'll figure it out. Maybe we can ask Demal to read it back to us then. If you have to use the special mechanical aid. So you can look at the ribbon that Kamal's writing. Okay, so you can see it? Yeah, you, you can see it. Okay. It's super, super tiny. The reason that Gamal is using the magnifying glass and the fine-tipped things is to be able to, like, fit it all in. Like, okay, That okay. requires, like, fine muscle control. Like, more so than, like, your eye's ability to see something that tiny. Okay, okay. Oh, so he's asking because they want to add onto the same piece of paper, and he may see it, or... No. Other people want to send take advantage of a bird already going to catch it. I guess I was having a little bit of a hard time understanding how that would violate our privacy. Because they know, that they know that a message is going to catch it. Ah, okay. That is more of a violation to catch him. <laughs> yeah. doesn't think of that. He's a popular guy. Well, he's, friends, he's friends with Alric, so yeah. I'm sure he'll take care of him. No, Hepa <laughs> sees no reason. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Okay. But thank you for asking. So Alric leaves you alone then, and you have finished up your message, and you are free to go back to the main part of the bar and make perception checks to people watched for a while. Yeah, what did, did you just leave the bird with the ribbon? Is that what happened? He was supposed to practice the ribbon. You return to your table. I got a drunk bird now. The bird is not hog-tied. <laughs> it tied itself? But there's, like, ribbon It's tangled up in it. It's still, oh. like, pulling. Now I feel bad. Okay. I didn't mean for him um, to get tangled. Well, he's drunk and yeah. messing with the ribbon. I mean, I've seen kittens do this. That one was on me. Also, so your, whatever was left of your bread bowls... The bird has eaten. That's good. <laughs> it's a little piggy. <laughs> so he, he's like super stuffed and tied up and a little drunk. You step out and you start coming and it is like starts pulling with the ribbons again. I, chill out, mate. <laughs> You're a bad influence. <laughs> I am. A, he's a bad bird. <laughs> All right, chill, chill. Just calm down. Calm down. I'm tied the ribbon. It takes a while to learn. Tomorrow we'll start with a simpler knot. You shouldn't get so drunk. <laughs> yeah, we can get you some water. I think Keppa is enjoying this. It's very funny. Alright, so you can make perception checks to people You want watch. average? Yeah. Nope, just a threat. Yeah, I mean, three successes. Okay. What are you interested in? What is slightly drunk Keppa interested in people watching? So I will tell you a few things, and then maybe you can ask some specific questions. Okay. Your assessment of the general population in this bar is not particularly wealthy. People are in casual, well-worn clothes. The tables are separated from each other to like reduce eavesdropping between tables. So you're not necessarily picking up a whole lot of conversation. But it does also seem that 
there was a certain amount of business going on at this establishment. Okay. So you, you do observe, like, bags of coins exchanging hands at tables and things like that. Maybe, like, bags of goods being pushed from one side of the table, like, on the floor to the other side. Kind of hidden a little bit, or? Yes. Okay. There is some of that. Literally under the table. Exactly. Okay. Some, some under the table dealings. You also see the waitress, Helith, you see her slip into the booth that you left described. Ah, okay. Yeah, so if you have any questions about other things you want to ask about the clientele, there is like a stage type area in the corner, but nobody is performing here tonight, it appears. Okay. Yet. If you uh, decide to stay up all night, maybe there's a late show. I mean, we could also ask Alright if there's performances or whatever. That is true. I think Hepa's interested in... She's a little bit interested in how long the waitress goes in, how long she's in there. I think she's assuming she's adding to the letter for Kachin. But I think generally our talk about, like, the bird and kind of just intelligence about that is she's kind of curious to kind of see if she can kind of tell different intelligence across people. (laughs) So, all right, we know how smart this bird is. How smart are humans? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't something that she really (laughs) took into consideration so much, and now she can see. I mean, she's interacted with some. I feel like Kachin's probably the smartest person we've interacted with that she knows of, and the distillers might have been, but I don't know how dumb. I think we've been dealing with a lot of average people, so so maybe I could make a perception check to identify who seems like the most intelligent person in the room and maybe who seems like the most dumb person in the room, just to kind of get... Unless you are engaging somebody in conversation... Right, you just be able to watch their interactions and I can't hear them. Yeah, or if you want to move about in the room in a way that you could hear things. Like, behavior is easier to judge than intelligence from afar. Right. You know what, maybe it's an interesting thing, and I can kind of keep an eye out for that later. Maybe I'm just curious about, she wants She wants to know something. Oh, what are they trading? That's what she wants to know. These hidden things. I forgot, these are all secrets and secret bags and stuff. So that's what she wants to look and see if she can tell what they're trading or what they're saying they're trading or what's in the bag. Okay, so how are you intending to approach that? Are you, like, staring at the bag and trying to see, like, what its shape is? Or are you casually walking past the table? To see if she can hear what they're saying. Getting up and following people when they leave? What approach are you taking to learn? I don't, I mean... Or are you going up to somebody after their customer's gone and saying, excuse me, I would like to purchase a secret bag? What do you... I'll have what she's at. <laughs> what do you sell? She's tipsy, so I think she's actually just going to stare at the bag. Like, at the bag, just stare at it, see if she can kind of figure out what's in there. Like, she might be more clever about her approach if she wasn't drunk, but I think she's just going to be like, okay. what's in there? And she probably doesn't even realize she's staring. All right. Then I would like you to make a perception check. Please mm-hmm. keep in mind that you have a drunk black die. And I'm not spending a story point. This is upgraded automatically because you are glocking across the room. Mm-hmm. There's another black die because the object is in a bag. Mm-hmm. And then it is... Two purples and a red. Two threats. I can't tell. No, you cannot tell. But people can tell that you are staring. Mm. I'm like the weirdo elf everywhere we go. So you're like leaning over. You're like looking really curious (laughs) at the bag. 
It's a little hard when you're a little drunk because it's not as easy to focus. It is true. And then, like, a person steps directly into your line of vision. And so I guess probably what happens is I look, because there's somebody in front of me, and then I look up at them, because I'm probably sitting. Yeah. It is the waitress. Oh. Helleth. And she says, you want to keep your eyes on your own table here? You're making some of the customers nervous. Oh, I'm very sorry. Attribute my cousin. We're from the forest. Very different kind of place. I forgot you were here. <laughs> She's just really interested in things. Do they not teach manners in the forest? It's a different kind of manners. Very different. Yeah. Would you like a charm check? If charm is how you wish to handle this, you may make a charm check. I feel like that's what this is. Uh, she seems seems like a cool customer though. Yeah, she's two reds and purple. That is a success with one threat. And a little drunk. That blonde hit her pretty hard. So good. You uh, you want to keep her eyes on this table, or some other blonde's gonna hit her much harder. And you look over at the table, and like the guy who is negotiating the business has blonde hair. Ah, we apologize. Don't have anything to worry about. Just, uh, we'll keep the curiosity in check. Maybe there's something more mundane that can make sure we're not getting distracted. Maybe Hepa would find it interesting. We've never seen someone with quite your hair color before. Oh! Because <laughs> it's like silver, but with blue. Yeah. So tell me. And you can don't have to answer. Somewhere back in your family's history, are you part merfolk? <laughs> Does she have teeth? <laughs> now happens totally well, distracted. You well, know, she, she like burst out laughing at that. So now you can see she does have teeth because she's uh -huh, laughing. She's got teeth. Part merfolk. Just a smidge, maybe. I don't even. That that, that can't even be possible. Can't it? <laughs> you totally distracted Heppa from this whole <laughs> mission accomplished. I don't know if she is comfortable sharing her. What is a uh... What is the current status of your bandana? You had moved it before to show that your ears weren't super pointy. Did you put I it back? I think you put it back because that's its standard point. Okay. And nobody's mentioned bluish hair at all. <laughs> I um, think he's like, can't it? <laughs> do you do that? Yeah. Okay. Then she's not going to roll a perception check to assess yeah. your features. She says, like, elves and humans are one thing, but merfolk have fishtails. So you've met merfolk before? Not. Perhaps at a family reunion. Uh, not me personally, no, but, you know, your stories. Tricky to discipline check. Oh, he's stories. He's got stories to tell. Of course you hear stories. But he succeeds. He wants to hear more of what this person has to say. She seems to be in a better mood. But she remains standing in between Hepa and that table. Why don't we even look in a different direction entirely? Or this is fine. No, I mean, I really so, <laughs> if not merfolk, then how did you come by this hair? Lime. Fruit? No, it's a type of stone. Do we know what lime is? It's a, it's a rock. You know of it. It exists. Rock, uh... There's no knowledge geology checks in this Is game. there, like, a knowledge medicine? So, like, would that be safe to, cons to eat? She's gonna... First thing she's gonna think <laughs> is eating, right? So, do I need to make a check for that, or be, or just know that that can't be good for you to consume it? You can just know that. You don't need to check. Okay, okay. So, Hepa, I think that's what Hepa's going to say. That can't be, I don't think that could be good for you to eat it. Now, even the dwarves, it's 
Only find modest uses for lime. They use almost all rock. They waste no part of the rock. Lime is a soft stone. If you grind it up... It's used to whitewash buildings in the city. You don't eat it or drink it. Well, but it can good. also whitewash other things. You like that color? It, uh... It's useful. Trick would like to make a streetwise check. She's being kind of evasive about this. Okay. Three purples. Okay, if she's so open to answering these questions, even a little bit, Hefa, Hefa's going to ask, so does it also add the blue, or was your hair that color before? The blue tint. Because she, now she's like, are there blue-haired people? Her hair is long and straight, and so she kind of pulls it around and looks at like the ends of it, and she's like, oh, I guess you can kind of consider it has a bluish tint to it. So is that the original color? Is it blue? I haven't heard of any humans with blue hair. And she says, no, blue hair would have to be from merfolk, I would think. Blue or green, something like that. No, the line's got to give it that tinge. My hair was not that color before. What happened to you with your We have three successes and two threats. What sort of information were you gaining? Uh, Trying to ascertain, like, why would someone do this that's not just aesthetic? Like, has this trick heard of some kind of group that does this? Or does it, is it a mark of some distinction that's in some subculture? Or if it's like you want to be less recognizable as who you were before. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you change your hair color. It's like assuming a new identity. Yes. Okay, okay. She's not saying that outright, but right, like right, you're, right. that is your assessment from her, like somewhat evasive answers. Right. Someone running from a past and adopting a new identity, like changes their appearance. Yeah. And, and with her answering of Hepa's questions, she has not mentioned what her actual hair color was. No, no, she hasn't. I mean, it's not blue. That was really what Hepa wanted to know. Was it blue or, or white natural? I think she's got her samples she's trying to figure out. <laughs> not in elves either. <laughs> you have a couple threats here. I do have a couple threats. Are we being kind of nosy? Well, obviously Hepa is being nosy about like something that doesn't matter. <laughs> the science of coloring hair. That's Hepa. Like, it's just a scattershot of whatever she picks that actually matters. Trick is maybe being nosy about something that does matter. A little more sensitive. So, regarding Trick, with those threats, she'll kind of be like, yeah, and I imagine your bandana is awfully convenient too, isn't it? Actually, this bandana is just pretty awesome. This is now, like, an excuse for Trick to tell, like, some story about, like, Cleanse and other great Elvis champions that someone probably hasn't heard of since he's young and human. Uh, so he probably gets distracted and we'll just tell a story about like great Elvis champion uh, Cleanse had until he was elevated into like Elvis nobility. He wore such an bandana as a mark of his warrior prowess, his great skill as a hunter. I would say she kind of like eyes you up and down and looks somewhat doubtful that you possess warrior prowess. Does she say that? I think it's kind of like warrior Warrior prowess. Right. All of you know, I killed a ghost twice with one lucky arrow. I made the arrow lucky by killing a ghost twice. It wasn't lucky when I started. She kind of looks over at Hepa for confirmation. Yeah, Hepa's nodding. Did you hit it in the head? Is that how it went down so fast? Yeah, it's the only way to kill a ghost dead. It happened real fast. Not sure. He didn't want to stay down. And didn't have a chance to see. He hit it so fast. She's going to make a check to see if she if this is credible. Is it credible? Not really. Is it true? Yes. I mean, I believe I was screaming in the corner. I think that's what I was doing. 
You're not lying though. But this is kind of like a vigilance check. I'd say ask Ketchum, but it wasn't Ketchum wasn't there. Kalimera was there. Yeah. But it seems like the kind of place Kalimera might visit at one point. I mean, you can say it if you want. I think yeah. Trick will mention that. Uh, well, if you ever meet Dwarvish Bard, name it Glimmer if they ever stop by. Bagpipes. Ask them. And they're there. Nate starts making the noise again. Hellas looks. Yeah, down. they've been around here, haven't they? Hellas <laughs> looks down at the bird, and she's like, "Yeah, I know Glimmer." Yeah. So Glimmer, trustworthy source. Was there. And, and, and she's like, I'm not sure I believe everything Glamour tells me either. Not a matter of believing it. It's a matter of knowing it's true. That's uh, just like something Glamour would say. All right. I think by your sighting of Glamour, you have negated the need for this role to be made. As you have provided someone that you can talk to for corroboration. <laughs> I hope it goes. I mean, I don't know if that makes you a big warrior, but yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't say Oh, anything. so when did, when did Glamour last come through here then? We met them, what, two fortnights ago? I mean, let me check my map to see about the calendar. <laughs> map, which is also a calendar, and also a friends list, and also... Yeah, I can't tell. I can attach it to a bird and talk to someone. So the map is a cell phone? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a little over two weeks ago that you lost a glimmer in your forest. Okay, yeah. We last, last saw them about a fortnight ago. It's probably been a couple seasons, yeah, since Glimmer has been in oh, town. A couple seasons, even. Yeah, I think they wanted to head out again, but they had to go back to Undunbane... Then come back and maybe come out again. Oh, did they perform here? I noticed you have a stage. Oh. Your performances? Yes. Yes, we have traveling musicians and such sometimes perform here. Glimmer has done so. Are either of you musicians? No. Trick Manu is. I'm not musician. <laughs> that just, just throws you right there. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll tell an entertaining story. Oh, yes. Music isn't necessarily part of the equation. Glimmer is a musician and also tells stories. No, tells good stories. I tell stories. I don't need the music. <laughs> you are... Plus the bagpipes is just a little overdone. Plays well in a, dwar- in a dwarvish crowd. I suspect anywhere else, you know, more than a few seconds of bagpipes. Should I, uh... Should I schedule you in for tonight, then? You can see the stage is free here. If you insist. (laughs) If the crowd demands it. She kind of wants to throw you under the bus. You are, like, building yourself up super high, and she really wants to see you crash. I think that's fair. Hepa would love a story from Trick Manu on a stage. Uh, Health turns away from your table. So what's the deal with tavern food? And addresses the room at large. Guests of the parting glass, you are in luck tonight, as here among our clientele is one of the most renowned storytellers of the elvish world. Oh, that's even better. Trick was just going to say Esprit Forest. This is even better. I get the sense she's a little bit of a bitch. <laughs> she's earned the right. She, she turns to you and she says, how would you like to be introduced? That was perfect, Ella. Thank you so much. The floor is open. You have not actually said your name, though. Oh, Trick Manu. Trick Manu, for your listening pleasure, and she like gestures up to the stage. Alric at the bar is a little like taken aback. He wasn't quite expecting this. Wasn't clued in. He sets down the bottle that he was pouring, and he um with his his left arm he he reaches up and like hooks it through something and like pulls a rope down, 
and some like mirror things move. Now you see like there is actually like ropes stretched across the roof here or like this, a under the ceiling. And so some mirrors move and like now there is like more light put upon the stage. That is so <laughs> clever. It's so fancy for this like secretive dive bar. <laughs> As in like, I could see why Lemur played here. <laughs> And so they're coming from the candles now. Yeah. Light in here is from like lanterns and candles and things like that. But the mirrors are arranged in such a way as to focus the light better. Oh yeah, Hepa's really interested in that too. You can make a mechanics check if you want. She's worse when she's drunk. She has no focus. So there's a black die from the alcohol and the difficulty to assess the system is just average. Two purples. Two advantages and a failure. You don't understand how this mechanism works. Right. And you're just like, whoa, I wonder if that's like what the luminaries make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trick, the floor is yours. Thank you, thank you so much, Helleth. As she said, I am Trick Manu, elvish storyteller. Actually, this is right next door. I'm from Esperin Forest. You've all heard of it. It's a wonderful place. Silence. That's totally fine. Trick doesn't care. <laughs> Not even a cricket? <laughs> Not even your drunk bird? <laughs> Mate's passed out. Uh. <laughs> we did say mate wasn't going to cause you more trouble. So in Trick's head, he's looking down at his hand where he's written down the set list. That's not actually happening. <laughs> the like, horse folk question mark? Do you really want to try that story here where you have learned that there is in fact the horse clans and you were wrong? Yep. About- no, he just needs to the, adapt. You're good with the bat story. The bat story is okay. I don't know if this is the right crowd for the bat story. There's also something with nagas. I don't know if you ever refined that. Something with nagas. The ghost story, killing the ghost. Yeah, I don't want to tell a story about myself right now. You know, some people uh, kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> kill two ghosts with one arrow. Yeah, I want to thank this big round of applause for Ulrich as well, bringing out this meal. Uh, I called it garbage earlier. I was correct, but very edible, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Even the bird ate it. <laughs> thank you. So what's the deal with horse lords? I know, I know, they're just, they're guys on horses, they have amazing armor, they can charge right through a line, can't be stopped. But you want to be called horse lords? It makes you think that they're horse people, like they're horse folk. And you know what? There are horse folk. Not, not hidden between each one of you. Far, far to the east, where no man has ever ventured, lives a horse folk. Think of a creature, I would say, half-elf, half-horse. You might say half-human, half-horse. We don't know what the other half is, but half of it is horse. These horses are ruled by a, a powerful monarch, one Master Edward. He does not go by king. He does not go by prince of any sort. He is merely master over all mares and stallions. He rules his land, not with an iron fist, of course, <laughs> with an iron hoof. And we should all be very thankful that we live on this side of the mountain. For whoever passes through the bitter swamp must trade with the horse folk. Uh, if you'd like, I can roll a verse check. That depends on what you're trying to do here. If you're trying to, like, tell a good story, that's charm. Yeah. Verse is for... I feel like this is actually just, this is charm, then. Okay. Trying to tell a, a fantastic story. Like, if because if you're just trying to entertain, then it's just charm. If you're trying to mesmerize in some fashion... No, he's not trying charm. to mesmerize. I think it's just trying to entertain. He introduces Master Ed, but he was not always a master. Long ago, he was a young foal, still suckling his mother's milk. He'll work in some bits about the 
the blonde. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the milk was like so. But his mother's milk was stolen from him. And turned into. Uh huh. Would you like this to be hard? I think there's it a is crowd. three because it's a crowd. Yeah. Yep. Three's a crowd. You wish to upgrade for your first public performance? Yeah, sure. Two successes and a threat. Okay. You're telling your story and people are being entertained. But as you are doing so, you see Cersei's come into the bar. Oh, oh no. Just as I'm making a comment about, and what's the deal with horseshoes? <laughs> he's just like, oh god. So oh you're telling your story. You're entertaining the crowds and stuff like that. But now, like, Cersei's is standing, like, kind of, like, by the door of the bar, like, arms folded, like, I don't want to be here, but i got to wait till this Joker finishes his performance up on the stage. Stupid elves. Stupid S Mark elves constantly ruining everything. They should start a club. Stupid <laughs> elves. So, congratulations. You passed? You succeeded your check. You have... People think like that is a ridiculous story. Yeah, so they're entertained. But they are entertained. Yeah. You've played the part in glass. Huzzah. I've got to hear a story. Are you famous now? I think so. Yeah, have the class. I don't know if everybody else does. Yeah, like people laugh, they clap. They, <laughs> they they enjoy your show. Do they throw some coins that one normally pays entertainers? I'm trying to think whether does the house pay the bard or does like the customers? It depends. I don't know. It might depend. It might just be since it was ad hoc. Maybe some tips come in at the end. Okay. Someone will be like, I've been past the bitter swamp. I was with Gwedry's forces. There's no Horse folk. Or maybe somebody buys you a drink. Oh, that could be true, too. If you want something that doesn't actually make money. So, I, I would say how how we'll do this is you come down from the stage or whatever, like, various people are like, oh, that was great, that was great, let me buy you a drink. Like, so a number of people are like, oh, let me, let me stand you up for a drink. And Alric looks at you, and you can make a streetwise check to assess what he says to you. I'll say this is average. Three successes and a threat. So, so what Alric says to you, to you is, would you like this all to be the house special? And you understand that to mean that he will take their money, but he will not be giving you the alcohol. Yes. Yeah, Essentially, good. he's giving you some super watered down drink. Yep, that's probably good. That's probably <laughs> and uh, you and the bar will split the profit. That seems fair. So that's how entertainers make money. Huh? I never knew. Whereas these people who are buying you drinks are also buying a drink for themselves. Yes. And yeah. so you're bringing money into the bar. That is uh, the entertainer's bargain. Meanwhile, Cersei's is like looking even more annoyed as you have like all these fanboys around you and you're at the bar. Did he say he was coming over tonight? You told him that you could be found here. Like yep. he was said he was going to try and arrange a meeting for you with Maeve. Okay, perfect. So he has come back. You don't know what his message for you is, but he is... I mean, he could certainly go talk to Hepa. What did Heleth... How was Heleth's reaction? Ah. Heleth... She's, like, torn between, like, disappointed <laughs> that he actually did well and, like, grudging admiration that he did well. <laughs> so she's not, like, you know, like, one of those people that was, like, well played. She's, like, maybe too young to have that kind of confidence. Could be. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't feel like he tricked her into, like, giving him the stage. Right. She's just like, okay, he's he's not, like, the complete buffoon that I thought he was. Right. He's stupid buffoon. No, but you showed that you were confident. Right. She wanted me to make an ass of myself. Yeah. 
grudging admiration, but also a little, a little disappointed that she tried to throw somebody under the bus and it didn't work. So Cersei's finally goes over to Hepa since Trick is like surrounded by people. Yep. But the thing is, Trick was the one who was really dealing with Cersei's. So he views Hepa as sort of an underling. So, your apprentice or <laughs> no just like his traveling companion or whatever like you were not very talkative at all like trick right. led that whole conversation right so Cer- cersei simply like delivers his message to you to give to trick mm-hmm. and what he says is Maeve can't see you two tonight but tomorrow at the festival he gives you like a time and a location where she'll be in between duties and she can talk with you there and then Okay. Um, thank you, Cersei. It's nice to see you tonight. I hope and, you're doing well. And he says, the pleasure's all yours. <laughs> and he turns and leaves. So your threats are that... Uh, we Cer- have no additional... Cersei's is grumpy, and um, and you do not have the opportunity to attempt to extract any further information. Right, from. that's fine. So it goes at the parting glass. Customers enjoy their beverages. Enjoy the performers at the stage you don't see anybody else approach Damal to send messages or anything Damal like exits his area and turns over a tiny scroll case to Alric and leaves as the night draws to the close Alric eventually like knocks on the the bar announces Mm -hmm. it's time for your parting glass so people get their last drinks and then uh then as customers start drifting out, Hella starts moving tables off to the side that the common area here, like oh. the floor, is is the common sleeping space. Ah, okay. So the tables all get moved to the sides and... Um, I think Trick will he'll help move some of the tables. Yes, Hella was trying to like throw them under the bus, but like Trick actually says, like, you know, I appreciate you giving me the, the opportunity to perform here. Okay, so you're... you're Trick is relatively good-natured about try it. Try to smooth things over? A little bit, yeah. Are you trying to charm her? Let's... Not quite like that, but... No, I mean, like, become her friend. Yes. It's gonna be upgraded. That's fine. She was red, red, purple already for... Oh, snap. For charm. She got three reds because I upgraded it. All right. Three successes and a threat. She accepts your help moving the tables and um, asks if you are in town to perform at the festival. Was there a storytelling competition at the festival? There is not a poetry slam. Um, but uh, there no, are... I'm in the archery contest. Like the bit about the ghosts, remember? Oh, I see. So, I mean, but it's not, wouldn't really be fair to have an elf, like, really compete, so I don't know how, you know, I'll go all out. Oh, is that because elves would, would win automatically? I... Look, it's just not fair. Elves are just <laughs> naturally... When we're born, there's a bow in our hands. Yeah, naturally more dexterous, have superior craft elfship of bows and arrows. And she says, is that true of you, too? And her eyes, like, drift to your bandana. Right, because I did it up earlier. Children. Some would say that's true. Certainly got uh, got that training. And every single elf is trained in bow and arrow. Every single one. I like how I'm your, like, example of full elf. Yeah. <laughs> Probably she doesn't think that I'm very dexterous. Well, not right now when you're a little tipsy. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's just... I'm trying to think, like, what is a comparable thing in... So, like, dwarves are amazing miners. Elves are amazing archers. Uh, humans are pretty good at building structures, I think. 
No one builds buildings as tall as humans do. Like that House of Light, that place is huge. Ah, uh, do you specifically call it the House of Light? She gets this like little smirk on her face, and she says, "That's not as built built as you might think." And with that, she like sets down like her end of the table, turns to Alaric, and says, "See you from a ship tomorrow." She heads out. Somebody sneak it into or out of the house of light. Hmm. Also, not every human is a mason, so I guess it doesn't really work out. Got to work at this analogy. I think they're prolific procreators. No, orcs are more so. Oh, I'm untangling the bird. Did he get himself re-entangled? Uh, oh, did you untangle him? Yeah. Oh, okay. He probably did, though, him. while I was telling my story. What do you think of the story, mate? Stupid, stupid. <laughs> How drunk <laughs> is the bird? The bird has, like, slept it off now. There's a lot of alcohol for not a lot of bird. Yeah, but, you know. Their metabolism's really high. I mean, maybe not in this world. Do you want the bird to, to think your story was stupid? I think the bird just says stupid all the time, and he's usually right. <laughs> you could also say dragon pixie, or pixie dragon. Pixie dragon. So what the bird says is, stupid, stupid. You're a drunk bird. Clever? <gasps> That's not a word I... Who, who called you clever? You used the word clever earlier. Did I? Okay. I think I did too. Oh, I was like, did. are they clever? Oh, you did say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stupid. Right, you're not allowed to go out tonight, otherwise you get eaten by a hawk. Dragon pixie. Pixie dragon. You can't even remember order of words, Bert. <laughs> All right. And you guys call tonight. Yeah. Take made upstairs. You guys uh, are taking five XP tonight. Yep. For hanging out in a bar and maybe gaining some information, maybe not. I like your little bird. He seems cute. I'll tell you, he's, uh, that bird's going to get himself in trouble. I'm Jennifer here. Once again, units from the Battle for Westnoth video game inspired characters in this arc. Guaflin is a mashup of the Fencer and Duelist units. Raysa is a white mage. Heleth is a thief. Adarin is an elder falcon, a type of unit in Dunefolk armies. And Damal is a Dune herbalist. As of this arc, Trick Manu has learned that he is a member of the Manu clan of the Dunefolk. At this point, I should mention that there are no mainline campaigns featuring Dunefolk characters in the Battle for Wisnoth video game. The lore in our game is derived from unit descriptions, discussions on the Wisnoth forums about what could go into official lore, our personal experience living in arid environments, and our own imaginations. Also, we started playing our tabletop role-playing game while version 1.14 was the current Battle for Wisnoth release. Since then, version 1.16 has come out, and it made a lot of changes to Dunefolk units. So some of the characters in our campaign are based on units that no longer exist in the current release of Battle for Westmoth. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmoth video game and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at delborovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.